Welcome to the Unfamiliar Shift with me, Ariella, the Boutique Lifestyle Leaders Association's Hospitality Show. This is a podcast about the boutique hospitality community and how its top industry executives and leaders stay up to date on the best innovative trends in boutique hotels all around the world. Each season, I'll bring my favorite visionaries to candidly discuss new philosophies, ideas, and innovations in the hospitality industry, primarily the boutique community. I'm excited to share with you some of my intimate conversations with these extraordinary leaders as we navigate the unfamiliar shift of boutique hospitality. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. For today's episode, I'm thrilled to welcome our featured guest and BLLA leader, Raul Lial, CEO of SH Hotels and Resorts. Raul is a seasoned professional in the boutique hospitality industry who understands and embodies the boutique lifestyle to a T. Forward-thinking and self-driven, Raul is an influential executive with a successful track record of creating powerful brands that infuse character, sophistication, and excitement in every element from unique design to lively operations. With robust entrepreneurial tactics under his belt, he is highly proficient in nurturing deep relationships, going above and beyond customer, employee, and investor expectations, and transforming innovative ideas from a vision into reality. It's time to hear from our special guest, Raul Lial. Welcome, everyone, to The Unfamiliar Shift with Ariella. I'm your host, Ariella. (laughs) I am so excited to be here with a friend who I've known for almost a decade now. I think that's so crazy to say. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I remember when I first met you, Raul. Dear friend Raul Lial, CEO of SH Hotels and Resorts, I know you know their hotels, One Hotels, Baccarat Hotel, Treehouse Hotel. We all know and love them, the pioneers in the wellness industry. Raul, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here and always great to see you. Has it been 10 years already? Wow. I think it's almost been like probably next year will be 10 years. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You look fantastic. So it doesn't seem like 10 years. Thank you. I think I was was 16 or 17. (laughs) You're still 16. So, you exactly. Know. Exactly. In the soul. I want to get started here about how you entered the hospitality industry. It's my favorite question to ask because we always have these interesting stories about how we got where we are. Yeah. How did you come to build your career in this community? That's a great story, actually. I was in, I was, I just started in the hotel business working a, a summer job for my father was a Cuban immigrant, and then started working at a hotel in Miami called the Everglades Hotel. And then during one summer in middle school, I went to work there as a slash dishwasher busboy. I kind of liked it. And then I, I used to see the, the general manager come in every day and have like breakfast, lunch, and sign the bill every day and entertain people. And I went back to my dad and I said, Dad, I want that guy's job. What a great job, entertaining and signing the bill or whatever. So we chit-chatted and then I stayed in the hotel business there. Uh, I was very fortunate to work myself up the ranks, work with a great group that was very uh, a powerful hotel company in, in, in the late 80s called the Continental Companies in Miami and expanded my career there and moved my way up to GM of several hotels with Lane Hotels, Interstate Hotels, and then eventually had my own company called Tecton Hospitality, which became Desirous Hotels, which was a, one of the first collections of independent boutique hotels in the late 90s and the beginning of the 21st century. Then, of course, Virgin for the last 11 years, and now fortunate to be here with SH. But, you know, I'm still a dishwasher at heart, so there you go. 
You know, I love hearing that because you've seen all parts of the hotel and I feel like that's really what makes an amazing leader is when you've experienced everything, you know? You can't learn that from a textbook. That's something you have to actually do yourself. So I love hearing that. I think that's what leadership is all about. Now let's get into your current role at SH Hotels and Resorts. Can you tell us a bit about the ethos, the mission statement, the concept of the hotel collection? Sure. No, it's a, it's actually got a great ethos, actually, for the brand ethos is do all you all the good that you can. Mm. And we really look at ourselves as a platform for change, particularly One Hotel, which, as you know, the, the founder is the legendary Barry Sternlake, who started Starwood and W. And I think Barry, Barry's uh, point of view on the brand was we're going to start something that is going to be uh, start a conversation for change relative to the world and sustainability and how we treat people in general and make sure that we do all the things that we can do to help save the planet. We may not we may not save the planet, but we're going to be trying really, really hard. And that kind of brand ethos really flows through the other brands as well as the growth accelerates for a Baccarat or for Treehouse. But it really started with SH Hotels. And it's a great collection of brands because they're all so different. Uh, mm-hmm. Akrat is very much super luxury and then One Hotels plays in the luxury sector and then you've got Treehouse which is a bit of a quirky fun you know cheeky brand that's going to be all over the world as well but the the main ethos that ties it all together is uh, to do all the good that you can. I love that. Right. Actually I want to get into wellness and well-being because sure. how long has SH Hotels and Resorts been around? Well, it launched, I, the first one launched actually in 2015, which was the one hotel here in South Beach. So it's been oh. around you know, for that long. And now there's significant growth coming, but there's about nine hotels. There is nine hotels open mm-hmm. and there'll be another six in the next 12 months and another 15 beyond that in the next 36 months. So it'll be a, a big company pretty quickly. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you are really one of the first to really focus on wellness. What does well-being and wellness in hospitality mean to you? Because I think it's become so commercialized, mm-hmm. yes. but you guys actually have that as a part of your mission. Yeah, no doubt. We Look, we think it has to be holistic and you, you have mm-hmm. to start with a, a purpose that's obviously grounded in that, just like we do, right? But yeah. we, we think holistic means that it can't be ad hoc. It can't be that well, your hotel just has a, a better gym and, and maybe mm-hmm. your hotel's LEED certified or not. We think you have to take all those things, including the, the, the food and beverage part of it, and, and make sure that we're using the right ingredients inside the food and whatever else. But holistically means that we're taking a look at it from every angle, whether it's the materials that we use to design the hotel or paying really close attention and working with our supply chain. All the buildings are at least minimum LEED Silver certified. It will continue to be that. And as we open up, just partnering with responsible partners and not doing deals for the sake of doing them, which Mm -hmm. sometimes I've seen in my career, which has been long at this point, derails a brand. When you start doing business with partners that want to do business with you, but really don't subscribe to the overall mission of the brand. So from our perspective, it's holistic. It starts from within. It's the basis of everything that we do and how we approach things. We like to think that when we're going to start a new initiative relative to wellness or health, that we have a distinctive point of view about it before we launch it. So we think about it. The company's not public. It's a mm-hmm. privately held company, so we can grow at the right pace and make sure that we continue to stand behind our ethos. I love that. I love that. I, and I love that it's still private. That's amazing to hear. And 
Yeah. And hearing you talk about that, it's such a breath of fresh air because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also with boutique hotels, like someone will take it and then commercialize it. And it's not what it is, the soul of boutique or the soul of wellness. That's right. I think you're absolutely right. I always say that in the boutique hotel business, and again, I've been on this side of it now for 20 years on the boutique hotel side, there's real lifestyle hotels and then there's pretenders. The pretenders are are the ones that think that you can design something a little quirkier and a little bit different than the guy next door that makes you a boutique hotel. And again, I think what, what they don't understand that the real boutique hotels where, where they originated was, they originated from people that were owners and founders that had a real profound point of view on what the soul of that building was going to be like and what kind of service they were going to deliver highly personalized to their customers, right? And mm-hmm. it was never really about technology. It was just about personalized service and comfortable surroundings and things like that. And I think when we try to institutionalize boutique hotels, that's when it gets into trouble. They become very cookie cutter like anything else. So mm-hmm. today almost, you know, there's so many lifestyle boutique hotels out there. It's not really hard to tell the difference, but maybe sometimes it gets the consumer confused as to what's boutique, what's lifestyle, and what's part of a big brand. Exactly. And that is why we have Stay Boutique, um, which my mom and I, that's our other company. We're going to go into our first round of funding soon for that exact reason. It's so true. They take this formula when, you know, the big brands, they like to formulize everything. Yeah. So design technology, check, check onto the next one. And it's, Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you a quick funny story about how did I get into the boutique hotel sector? Well, it was interesting. When I was running this company called Tecton with my partner, Richard Millard, we had about 35 branded hotels. And this is in 1998 or something. And we're doing really well. Then one day we got our first new brand. I won't mention the brand, but we got our first hotel for a big brand that we wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And I went to the design presentation and I left so disappointed because it was just kind of like picking a color board for that hotel. Yeah. And, and as luck would have it, I was on vacation and I said, you know, I'm going to go to New York and take a few days off. I was really disappointed with the hotel business. So I went to New York and, you know, I stayed at the W in Lexington that had just opened, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And now I work for Barry Sterling and that inspired me. I said, man, this is like a different point of view on hotels. And then I went and stayed at the Delano in Miami that I hadn't seen. And I was hooked. After that, I said, wow, this is the real hotel business that I've been missing out on. That's why in 2001, we launched the Desires Hotel brand, which we had like 20 individual boutique hotels. And that's what got me hooked. And I think it was always in my blood for sure. But those two properties really made me see the light. Oh, my gosh. I love those stories about which properties just like inspired you so much. It's so true, though. I think hospitality, I always think of it like your own home. So welcoming someone into your own home. I like to say that the best hoteliers are the ones that create their own dinner parties and they enjoy entertaining people. That's right. That's exactly what hospitality is. And I think we're just, we're losing it though. Yeah. I I think, you know, it's interesting. And if you get deeper into the matter too, I think that some of us that own independent boutique hotels or that have owned independent boutique hotels, the key is always who the the person running it for you. Do they feel like Mm -hmm. the... Do they feel like the general manager or do they feel like a partner or a host, right? Yes. If we could look beyond how we even, you know, pay general managers today for these independent boutique hotels and make them partners of that asset, you'd be surprised the kind of soul that comes with that and the change Mm -hmm. that makes people, that ability to transcend that experience on a different level that's not branded and just kind of routine. 
It's so funny you say that. I've actually started having that conversation more and more and more because it's all about teams. That's what we've learned. And that kind of goes into something else I wanted to talk to you about, which is I've known you for a while and I know you have such a passion for people. Yeah. Where does this come from? Had really great mentors. I really did. I mean, I was, I, I really was lucky. I've had so many great mentors, including some great female mentors too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've been, I, I think I needed all the help that I could get, but I had some amazing mentors that taught me the value of leadership and motivation from day one. And that's just the way I was raised. And I, I had people that motivated me just by doing little things that made me come to work every single day. But, you know, I also learned a lot from the people that were lousy leaders in my life that, you know, didn't treat me well, that weren't mm-hmm. good communicators. I learned probably most from those, but it was a funny, interesting story. I did a project with a, a female general manager way back then. I was just a kid out of college and she was an interior designer and she was a GM, but she had been an interior designer in her past life. And we went two years together, hand by hand, she taught me more about design than I could ever learn in, a, in, in school. She was an amazing mentor. Her name was Mary Ellen St. John. She passed away now. But if I hadn't had that lesson from her, I probably never would have been able to do the boutique hotel thing because you definitely have to understand the impact on design on the customer. And, and she, mm-hmm. was, she was just terrific for my life, for sure. Hold on that note for just a moment as we introduce our sponsor, Solanus. They're an intuitive property management system powered by a business intelligence engine, offering the hospitality industry a single robust solution for managing hotels, resorts, vacation rentals, and corporate housing. Its ease of use, streamlined onboarding, and 24-7 support make it the preferred PMS solution. Headquartered in San Diego, Solanus is the vision of hospitality experts and technologists who believe it is time for a new era in property management. Ready to discover how they can work with you to elevate your property? Visit solanus.com to get started. Well, mentors, they're so important. And I yeah. sometimes I get overwhelmed because, you know, in other parts of my life too, I look for a mentor. Yeah. And I always say, you never have to chase them when you call one. Yeah. The energy, right. the world will bring them to you. That's right. That and That's how I think of at, it. At all, at all ages, by the way. So yes, know, exactly. You know, I just had Richard Branson for the last 11 years. That was a lot of fun. So there you go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. I bet. Yeah. So I want to kind of get to experiences. So you sure. spoke at our a conference in 2014. Yeah. And you thrilled my mom and I because you gave everyone Bloody Marys. You surprised <laughs> us. We were like, oh my gosh, who does this? And it was it's always been one of our most favorite moments at any of our conferences. I want to get to experiences. I know this is this has been a question that we talk about a lot. Yeah. But let's get into why do you even invest in them? What is the ROI from investing in experiences? Gosh, I mean, it's the only, you know, today when when you have this sea of sameness to some degree in the hotel business, when, you know, Mm -hmm. all the lifestyle hotels are kind of starting to look alike a little bit, and if they're not, they copy each other, then all the brands look alike all the time. The real only disruptor that you have is is really creating experiences that people are going to remember and that are going to make memories for. That's how they're going to, you know, post about you today, remember you, refer you, come back to the hotel or whatever, you know. It's funny, a lot of us, because of this tech world that we live in, we continue to chase innovation, 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 and tech, and tech, and tech. But 
look, at the end of the day, if you've got a, a great bed and a great room and you're safe and secure and whatever else and warm, comfortable surroundings and, and people surprise and delight you at the hotel, as a human being, that's really what you're going to remember. And those mm -hmm. kinds of things should never be contrived. I, we, we speak about that at our level all the time where, you know, we're creating, we should be creating delights and surprises that really are those and not contrived. Mm -hmm. It's funny when you go back to what you asked me about people, most of the amazing experiences that are generated, at least inside our hotels and at Virgin when I was there, was the teammates came up with the great ideas. So I, I think that the one of the biggest things that we have to improve in hospitality is understanding that we have such amazing brain power inside these buildings, not just the management teams, that anybody, even at the at any level, can contribute at any time and create a wonderful experience for our consumers. But today, I think the only disruptor that there is left, unless somebody comes up with something else, and that's the internet, uh, and they probably will, is really the experiences that our, our consumers have and they can post about and brag about for years. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's so true. And I think, yeah. you know, with hospitality, I'd love to do some report on the psychology as well with boutique hotels and creating those memories. Because yeah. I think a lot of it is very subconscious as well as why this sticks or why that sticks. Yeah, you know? and I, and I, think, I think it's also about allowing people the freedom to do that. You know, it's funny, mm -hmm. even in this world today, a lot of companies still don't empower themselves to do stuff, empower their employees to do things like that and think on their feet and come up with brilliant stuff. They're still mired in bureaucracy or even mm -hmm. when taking care of a guest. So I, I think it's allowing the teams inside the hotel that that freedom to participate, to be part of it, to to, mm. to make a mistake, you know, make something happen wonderful as well, right? But yeah. I think a lot of companies still have a lot to learn from that perspective. 100%. But I think that this is where boutique hotels and lifestyle hotels can lead that, honestly, that revolution as to how we've yeah. how we treat our teams because we all know hospitality follows where boutique goes now so i think we have a role we have to show everyone how to do that because yeah, what we've been doing it, it hasn't been working it what we learned that yeah. doesn't work we need to make sure everyone feels included mental yeah. health there's a lot more that goes into it yep i agree Right. And I want to get into leadership, though. I feel like this is sure. a natural kind of step into there. What is leadership to you? Any tips? Because we have a lot of leaders who listen, owners, founders, developers, general managers. Any tips for them? Yeah. I mean, I think leadership is, is simple. It's really the, the ability to get people to, to follow you in a common direction is, is the easiest way to say it. But I, I think, look, I think people today, employees and consumers, want to be aligned with companies that have a purpose. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this because this is SH has a purpose because Virgin had one too, a very powerful one. But employees today want to be motivated by whatever that company is doing to their communities, the people around them, you know, the world, anything like that. So the most important thing today is for organizations to have a purpose and leaders to be purposeful, which means that every policy that they have, every procedure, they wait, the way they run the place has to have a thread of that purpose. And that's mm -hmm. how people get behind you. But you know, leadership is so simple. It's it's a simple thing is walk the talk, be honest, do what you say you're going to do and treat people the way that you want to be treated. And all those things have been around for a long time. But look, we're not robots yet. Not yet. Thank we're God. Still, <laughs> we're, still, we're still people that need inspiration and need to be, you know, sometimes treated gingerly and with empathy because we all have lots of issues every day that, you know, nobody knows. And one of the things that I say to our, our team members every day is, is remember, 
when you come on, when you come to the property every day, you have issues at home like everyone else. So do our teammates, and you know, have the same empathy for them that you'd want them to have for you during trying mm-hmm. times. So, I love that the word empathy. It's in this day and age. I always say I love living in this generation because yeah. we understand that now. 40 years ago, 30 years ago, oh no, like get over yourself. Just work hard, work hard. I and agree. It's, it's also cult, the culture with working hard. I think we used yeah. to glamorize, oh look, I worked 12 or 15 hours today. Yeah. It's not I about that anymore. I think you're right. I think it's crazy, you know, and it's yeah. funny. When, again, when I went to work for Virgin, what was it, 11 years ago, you know, Virgin's always ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. They were way ahead of that. I mean, they were already uh, working remotely. I mean, people didn't come into the office every single day. It was just about really communication or whatever else. So, I mean, the, the world's kind of catching up to that now, but there's a bunch of progressive companies out there that were doing it before. They were one of them, but the impact that that has on the morale of your teammates. But look, at the end of the day, it's about trust. Yes. You've got you've to trust people that they are going to do what they say we're going to do. And there's ways to hold them accountable, but work for mm-hmm. them. And, you know, it certainly, it certainly works for me from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather put some time into like, okay, let's say instead of starting at nine today of the option to start at 10 because I went and did yoga or took a walk. Right. I'm in nature. I'm going to work less hours, but get twice as much done yeah. as I would if I was exhausted and was working ridiculous hours. And, yeah. you know, and kind of where, you know, with the entrepreneurial spirit or those in leadership positions, mm-hmm. like we just overwork ourselves because that's what, you know, that's what's good. But that's yep. just changing. And I, I think that's so beautiful because what we can create better work together if our mind is healthy, you know? I totally, totally agree with you 100%. And I think, you know, you've got to live. Life's too short. The leaders that have that mentality and lead that way have you know, teams that are more productive and, and teams that will just organically do what they have to do. Exactly, exactly. Well, we only have a few minutes left here. And I know that you are like the essence of Miami. We were just talking about how I've never been yet. I know it's so weird. Now, now, now I won't. Le- now I won't leave you alone. You're gonna have to come visit. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, I love it. But talk to us about boutique hotel culture in um, Miami, hospitality culture in Miami. What is it like now? Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, it really, you know, I, obviously Miami is, is is thriving. It's busting at the seams right now. This was one of the original. I think the original boutique hotel markets in this country were. New York, Miami, and LA, really. Mm-hmm. And really, I think Ian Schrager had a lot to do with that. You know, he had the Delanos yeah. and the Mondrias and the Hudsons in New mm-hmm. York and the Morgans in New York and whatever else. And I think that kind of started it here. I remember being a kid and, and then walking around all those closed down hotels, which are now worth who knows how much money, right? And I thought, God, had I known then what I know now, right? But and I remember when Delano first opened and kind of changed the scene a little bit. So it's doing really, really well. It's funny to see the numbers down here, but the lifestyle hotels definitely do better than the brands pretty significantly in this market. Hmm. They're still very viable. They get higher average rates, definitely do more food and beverage, but the rates for the lifestyle hotels are higher in the market than any of the branded hotels in Miami. Oh, Pretty incredible. I love that. And I think oh my that, gosh. I think the consumer is looking for that kind of differentiation and playfulness and uniqueness. And look, I know that's what I do when I travel. I go somewhere I've never been, but rarely do I stay at a branded hotel anymore, even if I have the points. I'm mm-hmm. looking for something unique that makes me feel a little bit different, a little bit more adventurous. And I think that's going to continue in the industry for sure. 100%. It's how we use our money yeah. is changing. 
It sure is. Yeah. So, Agreed 100%. And, yeah. and it's to see this niche grow so much and to see consumers more and more understand. Oh, it's it's just like, you know, for me and my mom, it's just music to our no, ears. No, we love it. I'm a fan. I mean, look, at the end of the day, when I retire, I'll probably own a couple of boutique hotels and let somebody run them. But I love the, the lifestyle side of it. I just think it's so much more fun. But, you know, it is. It is. I will, too. Still love the hotel business, all of it. But yes, of course, I enjoy this side of it. Yeah, exactly. This It's a community. We're just yeah, a community it. within the hospitality industry and yep. um, very tight knit. Well, I have one last question for you, and we love to end this with this question because everyone has a different opinion, and it's something that BLLA as an association, we've had to really Mm -hmm. understand, but what does boutique mean to you? What is a boutique hotel to you? Intimate and personal is the way I've always, that's the way I've always thought about it, a place that, you know, again, my... I'd say preferences are fulfilled, but just intimate in the one-to-one, intimate in the the way the one-to-one service is is kind of delivered. You know, cozy, very well curated with local events and things that you wouldn't see at a at a branded hotel. But I've always thought about them first as kind of intimate, right? Where mm-hmm. you know you kind of get to know the place, the place kind of gets to know you, and it feels like something familiar. That's my point of view on it. Mm, something familiar. I love that. And intimacy. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Raul. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I will see you in Miami. You bet. Thanks and I'll for see you. Me. Yeah, of course. And I'll see you at the next in-person BLA conference because we're I, back be in there. person. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Thank, thank you, Raul. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solanus, the intuitive boutique hotel property management system. Thanks for listening to The Unfamiliar Shift with Ariella. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Let us know what you think. To learn more about the world of boutique hospitality, be sure to check out our website, bla.org.